Welcome back to Lead Up Katie Cast. On this episode, we are going to be talking about quotes, ladies and gentlemen, our favorite quotes. And I know that as leaders, we often use quotes in professional development activities and to kind of kick off faculty meetings and the like. So we just thought, you know what, let's just talk about some of our favorite quotes and, and, and perhaps provide some of you with some new quotes that you can add to your toolbox uh, and I'm just going to get things started and kind of get some feedback from my brothers here. But here's one of my favorite quotes. Intense love does not measure. It just gives. One of my favorite, favorite quotes from Mother Teresa herself. Ah, Mother Teresa. Yeah, that, that, that speaks highly of, of Mother Teresa and the, the love that she had and support that she had for all mankind, isn't it? Um, and, and it's so true, right? We are in an education. We're in a service service business and serving others. And, and when we come to the classroom and come to the office and come to the school community with a, with a heart of service, uh, it, it makes it such a meaningful environment to be a part of. Uh, we all know that uh, we've had those experiences, and we have those experiences that are that are more transactional in nature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the most meaningful ones, the ones that I can think of that have meant something to me, um, are the ones uh, where we are in service to each other. Mm-hmm. Very relational in nature. And uh, to me, that quote, uh, Jake, speaks to the, the idea of, of modeling, you know, thinking about uh, how, what our walk is like, right? We can, we can say lots of things, uh, but, you know, what we do and, and how we, we walk our talk is really what it's all about. You know, people measure us and, uh, and judge us and, and follow us uh, or, and are in service to us when we are in service to them through our, our servant leadership in terms of modeling. Excellent, excellent feedback, guys. And the reason I picked that quote and, and just it epitomizes uh, what Mother Teresa stood for. She she gave her life in, for service, mm-hmm. uh, and, and basically not measuring the, the the amplitude of the love that she gave was not what was important to her uh, in terms of expecting to receive anything back. It was mm-hmm. all about the more love I give the more I'm going to give until I can't give any more. Yes. And I think she's a, to me, she's a person that epitomized what that statement is all about. I mean, I, I don't think many people could make such a statement, but she certainly could. And it, you know, as, as brother Chris, you indicated, I mean, this, we're, we're about, we're a service, uh, group of gentlemen. And, and those, those of us educators out there, we're in the, the business of serving others. And if we're not, serving with an intense love or passion for what we're doing, uh, it's going to create mm-hmm. some, some problems for us or, you know, lead to some burnout or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, just one of my favorites and one of my favorite people, uh, who just epitomizes what really, to me, what a, what a, a model of true, just incessant love can do for someone mm-hmm. and for society. Really great quote to start with Jake. Let's step back a little bit and and talk about why quotes are important. Why why when we're teaching or learning or uh, you know in a staff development those kind of things you know those those quotes come to our minds and and why why are those hooked in our brains and um, and why is it important to use 
those uh, those uh, examples uh, in front of kids. For me, uh, you know, I, I like to use quotes uh, to to kind of center my thought process and have have a um, a a point to to what my thoughts are that I can associate with you know other identifiable uh, people um, that that is important to do to be able to kind of generalize the thoughts that you that you have to to help people um, associate with what you have to say what are some other reasons you guys use quotes or you think it's important to uh, to use them well I think it like what you're just saying Chris you know the way it connects to uh, to our beliefs and values I think that's that's what sort of the lens that we tend to look at them through uh, so we get that deeper connection. I also like the uh, the way that if you're doing an interpretation, creates the uh, the opportunity to think at a pretty deep level, mm-hmm. um, and it also differentiates in a way uh, because if you're asking someone's opinion, and I think about this with students especially or, or learners of various sorts. Um, you know, if it's your opinion about what does this quote mean to you, really there's no wrong answer, right? And yeah. so uh, yeah. depending upon the the level of experiences the kid may have or the learner may have or the student may have. Uh, and they may connect in a variety of ways. So it gives them that natural ability to answer and not get the answer wrong uh, and to connect with it in their own way. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it's just a, it's a point of focus. Uh, sometimes it can be a motivational thing. Sometimes w- when we hear things expressed from famous people or other people mm-hmm. that we know uh, deep down inside or inherently, it's just I know that, but oh, my God how profound the way so-and-so said such-and-such. Uh, and, again, I think, it, it, like I said, it reinforces what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. uh, within a PD session or within a class or making some kind of connection, or it just provides focus. Yeah, my, and my, my other thought about using quotes is uh, to honor those who have made an impact on your life, mm-hmm. right, to, mm-hmm. to continue their work and their legacy of love in, in Mother Teresa's uh, Mother Teresa's quote, or you know, service to others, or whatever that might be, to continue that work that they have uh, that they've lived their lives for. All right, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw out a, a quote from um, uh, an education influencer, an edu hero, uh, John Dewey, uh, who I know everyone that's been in education circles uh, knows of John Dewey and his work. Uh, but his quote, in this quote, it says, "If we teach today's students as we taught yesterday's." We rob them of tomorrow. Wow. That's, that's just a big old wow for me. <laughs> uh, and the first thing I think of uh, when, when I hear that statement is technology is just the first thing that comes to my mind. And we, I think we're all familiar with the digital natives versus digital immigrants uh, uh, paradigm relative to the fact that our students – or natives, and as, as grown-ups, we're, we're more immigrants because technology is just evolving so quickly on such a rap, at such a rapid pace on a daily basis. Uh, and if we were to attempt to try to teach and engage students in a manner in which we were engaged, uh, in Mark and I's case, you know, 20, <laughs> 30 years ago, in Brother Chris's case, you know, yesterday, uh, it would be a little bit more difficult, way more difficult. So, you know, we just have to, we got to roll with the changes mm-hmm. uh, because things are just uh, 
just traveling so fast. It's just the, the technology and the rate of change is uh, increasing. So yeah, and it's it's so easy to to approach education or approach learning through the lens of how it happened to right. me, right? And right. and there's nothing sinister about that. It's just experiential. I mean, it's just what uh, what we know. Um, the the danger with that is when we let our own experiences, as John Dewey is pointing out, uh, guide what we what we see in the future. Um, I'm thinking of a conversation I was having with one of my mentors, uh, Karen Rue, and uh, she talked about uh, when uh, she was a superintendent, a, a parent coming, and I'm paraphrasing this story because I don't know exactly how it went, but um, as it's third hand, but a parent came and said, you know, that's 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 not the way it was when I was in school, or, or this is the way we did it when when we were in school, and and uh, why isn't that good enough? Mm-hmm. And and uh, her response, uh, I'm sure, in, in a very eloquent way as she is, uh, was, you know, the the your teachers and your administrators and your school gave you the very best uh, that they had. They, I'm sure, mm-hmm. they held nothing back uh, in terms of what they knew about curriculum, what they had for infrastructure. They gave you the very best. Who would we be if we were not giving our very best of what we know now and what we know nice. to come uh, for your children? Cool. That's that's awesome. Um, well well said uh, to to Karen. Right, yeah. Karen, uh, roll that out. That's awesome. Uh, so you know, I I really think that this just speaks to the need to transform our work. Uh, you know, when when we were in school, certainly when Jake and I were in school. Uh, we didn't really have the the opportunity to uh, to learn twenty four seven, you know, uh, in inside and outside of the the schoolhouse. I mean, it was pretty limited. Uh, you got you got what you got during the school day, and then when you stepped out, you had some homework. Uh, and you know, maybe your parent could help with that, maybe not. But uh, there certainly was not uh, the Khan Academy uh, or uh, Google or YouTube or uh, social media, and you know, many of the other uh, tools that uh, really sort of help the uh, the walls of the schoolhouse dissolve these days yeah. and so we can we can learn 24 7 uh, anytime anywhere um, and so uh, that shift is is significant and it's important and uh, opening our minds to to do things in a different way uh, is the only way that we're going to help our kids get to be successful uh, in the new world that we have that's Pretty awesome new. i got a quote um, i don't know who said it and, I, and in fact I, i've heard different, you know, variations of this, uh, along my life. And, and it's been meaningful to me and it's something that I've adopted and, and what I try to do and think and share with others, uh, when I get the chance to. So here's another chance for me to get to share this, but you never know the true extent of your influence. I, I love that. Uh, and you know, I will say that I've been fortunate enough to be in the business, you know, over 30 years now. And so, I've had some incidental uh, contact with uh, those who uh, I've worked with over the years. And uh, so to hear their voice and talk about their experiences, and uh, it's just such a powerful, uh, uplifting thing. It's that it's the priceless part of what we do, you know. Um, Yeah, it's it's just so powerful. One of the first things that came to my mind when you said it, Brother Chris, is there's a, there's a, a thought out there, it's, it's a lollipop conversations is the term that, that's used for this particular phenomenon, which I was totally unaware of until I was uh, made aware of the fact that I had actually had one of those. Uh, but it was several years ago when I was at an elementary and, 
we had a gentleman sub who kept coming back and, you know, was trying to figure out his life and what he wanted to do with his life and so on and so forth. He was in the business world and, and I sat down with him and I talked to him for a good bit of time. I didn't think anything of it because I had conversations with lots of people like we all do. I mean, we're, we're busy people. You know, if we got folks that want to talk to us and we can, we'll certainly, uh, allow that to happen. So I just happened to have the time that day and, what strikes me is to this day that gentleman credits me with him being a teacher and for the life of me I do not remember that conversation that specific conversation that we had but I am so proud of this mm -hmm. gentleman he 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 works with somebody very near and dear to me he was the teacher of the year at a particular campus here in KDISD. Don't want to embarrass the guy, but uh, Coach, if you're out there listening, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm thrilled to have at least had a piece of the credit for the awesome coach that I know that you are because uh, my wife is a, an extremely, <laughs> extremely uh, good judge of character. <laughs> Almost without exception. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I use this quote again, uh, and, and really it's not a quote, it's really just how I try to live my life. And of course, uh, uh, this, this, this idea of you never know the true extent of your influence, it happens on the, the positive and the negative side, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, uh, this, this is uh, who I am for good or for, for better or for worse, for gooder or for worser. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but, but I try to think that way whenever I interact with people, I mean, it's, it's, and it's about legacy, you know, and Katie, mm -hmm. we, we're about legacy and, and that's, uh, how I, uh, akin this, this word or this, this thought, but, uh, you know, and some of the, some of the things that we do, we may never know, uh, what, what impact that has made and that's okay. But, um, you know, it, it means something to, to some people. Um, the, the, the best moments um, in my professional life are those times where I see former students or uh, former colleagues where they say, just like mm -hmm. you're, you're alluding to, Jake, um, that one time where, and oftentimes you don't know what they mm -hmm. are. So here's, don't even remember it. Yeah. 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 So uh, here's, here's the practical tip for all of that. Um, the next time somebody comes into your office, look up from the computer and, and take the, the 10 minutes that you don't have mm -hmm. and spend it with them. Um, uh, I know, Brother McCord, you are the master of that. You will, uh, you'll turn from your computer and be present for every person that walks into your office. Uh, he, he's never um, done that for me well, when I've arrived. Well, most everybody. Most, just most everybody. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, look up from that com computer. Uh, here's another one. Buy, uh, buy that student teacher you have or a student teacher in the building period, a cup of coffee and, and talk to them about mm -hmm. their experiences or your experiences and, um, and sit down with them. Uh, first off, they probably don't have money to buy their own cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> so so they'll remember that. And Not secondly, Starbucks. Uh, again, mm -hmm. the time, uh, is, uh, is something that they will remember. Uh, do a resume review with a colleague um, or, uh, you know, somebody who, you know, is looking for that, that next step in their career. Um, just those little things that, that may not mean something, uh, a lot to you. Um, but, uh, the value of time and the, um, and being in the moment for that other person will, will certainly pay dividends. Mm -hmm. 
you just summed up everything my wife's about as far as I'm concerned. She's just constantly asking me to be present. <laughs> so and that's, he'd, that's, he'd heard, he'd that's as far as, as, far on, as I'm going with that comment. Come on, brother. Right? That's not one of my famous quotes. Uh, I've got another one, though. I don't know the source, but I love it, love it, love it. I'll see it when I believe it. I'll see it when I believe it. Think about that for a second. It's a little twist on an old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah. flipped it. It's kind of a one of those um, one one of those comments of uh, you know you uh, about the way you make somebody feel right. Um, the the, uh, the being present again and um, the, what what's that quote? Uh, people won't remember uh, what you say, but they'll certainly remember how you made them feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so uh, the application for me, as you say that Jake is that, uh, you know, that we have to, to make sure kids know that we care about them and that, and that we're all in for what, uh, their experience is, uh, in our schools. I'll, I'll say this too. You know, when I, when I think about how that quote might apply to, um, teaching practices, you know, I, we are, uh, we're big advocates always, of course, of, uh, of doing, you know, high-quality research-based practices. Uh, but sometimes, you know, when, when a teacher uh, or a team really own a strategy or uh, the work, so to speak, you know, because they believe so deeply in it, uh, you know, it's, it's like you could take a, um, a – instead of taking a research-based practice, so it might be the very, very best, right? I mean mm-hmm. – uh, and force it on somebody and say, hey, this is what you have to go do uh, and trying to achieve some type of buy-in with that. If you, if you have a team that's well invested in a, in a practice and they, they really believe it and they will fundamentally work their tails off with great grit and perseverance uh, because they believe in it so much, sometimes it's, it's better to go with what may not be the exact best, what we think of as research-based practices mm-hmm. because they believe so deeply in it uh, then it's it's worth uh, backing off a little bit and letting them work through that themselves. Well, you know that's that's a, a, an awesome point that you made there, brother Mark. It's just you know allowing people the freedom to try new things, mm-hmm. being vulnerable. I mean, you you uh, mentioned Brene Brown earlier in our previous our pre conversation, perhaps. She may be coming up. I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> but uh, to me, that's just about self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, and the, 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 the idea that always comes to my mind, or the example, excuse me, is, uh, and then we all have buildings that are quite similar relative to makeup. Uh, you know, you've got some exceptional teachers, uh, and, and you've got some teachers that uh, are really well above average and then you know you just you run the gamut Uh, but it never ceases to amaze me how a student in one particular grade level is in nothing but trouble seemingly a year at a time and if you purposefully place that student the next year or maybe the second semester if you can but certainly the next year with a teacher or a group of teachers that you've selected, self-selected, because you know that those particular teachers are going to see way more than what most people would have them believe in anybody 
much less this particular child that I've got in mind. And to see that child thrive the following year, I mean, that's that's a life changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah. connection, right? Exactly. Yeah. And if you were to believe the opposite, that this kid can't be successful right. or that he's a, he's a bad kid, yeah. it could be just the, you know, you're going to see that part yeah. too because that's what you believe. It's exactly. that, that implicit bias, right? So let me throw out a quote. I think this will make you think a little bit. Um, here we go. I do not know the, the source of this quote, uh, but here we go. He who warns another is no longer responsible. What are your thoughts about that quote? <laughs> he who warns another is no longer responsible. So that's like passing the buck, huh? Maybe. What do you think? <laughs> he who warns another is no longer responsible. Well, that, well, that that's go ahead go ahead Jake well I mean the, the thing that comes to my mind is if if I see a challenge if I if I warn someone else that means I am I could perhaps be uh, subtracting myself from the challenge itself and giving it to someone else mm-hmm. uh, whereas if I don't warn someone and if I come up with a strategy, a formula, or an approach to resolve whatever the challenge is or the issue is or whatever that would would heed that warning. If I take ownership of that situation, I don't need to warn anybody because I'm going to – what I'm going to do is have the solution or collaborate with people to create a solution such that there's no need for a warning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a stab at this and say that it's uh, probably an anti-quote from you, Mark, because I know your leadership style. I know that you are a um, an all-in and inclusive type leader who wants to make decisions with the group as opposed to shucking your responsibility and, and making others, um, you know, live their own consequences, so to speak. And so... Um, uh, I'm uh, I'm curious to hear your story behind this this quote uh, because it doesn't sound like something that you live by. So you read that the same way I did. Yes. I'm not really sure what you said, Jake. But okay. uh, I no, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, you, I'm not it, sure I could it, repeat. It is what it I is said. one of those quotes that uh, that is that I think is like an anti quote, if you will, one that is sort of opposite of my belief system uh, at this time. <laughs> Although I will say, and I was uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, before we kicked off the podcast, you know, I've uh, been very fortunate, you know, to be put in positions where I could lead either, you know, in my high school class president, very small, small uh, pool. I was a big fish in a small pool, right? There was 12 of uh, Yeah, exactly, pretty much. Uh, and then I was uh, the uh, the president of my fraternity. And uh, anyway, and so one of the things I thought was really cool is that I would take this little dry erase uh, board and I would put it up on my door and I'd post my hours that I would be there in the chapter house. And then I would always put out this thought-provoking uh, quote that people would come by and read and they would, you know, pontificate on, on that or whatever. So, uh, but uh, this is one that I wrote and I certainly don't believe this anymore, but the idea was that, you know, if, if we said it was supposed to be done as the leader, then it neither, it got done or the consequences would fall, you know, and, uh, and of course it doesn't work that way. It can't work that way. And uh, especially, <laughs> especially not when there's children involved, you know, in a school situation. I mean, it, it's, 
it uh, eliminates the opportunity for second chances, and uh, this is just not the way we roll. So, yeah, you're right. It's an anti-quote. We're, we're all still responsible, despite the fact that it may have come out of our mouth one time to say, hey, we should do it this way, and if you don't, then something bad's going to happen. I guess they called you Taskmaster Mark. Uh, uh, it was, uh, I was very ineffective. Uh, it was very ineffective in that particular approach. I did grow, thank goodness. We live and we learn. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a kind of a prime example of of kind of a top-down leadership mentality, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the boss. Yeah, the boss says it, you do it, or you suffer the wrath. And, mm-hmm. and of course, um, it's it's difficult to lead in that type of environment. That, I'm sure, mm-hmm. is still around in some circles, but it's, it is very difficult. And not that there should not be some structure or accountability uh, whenever they're, when they're leadership style, uh, you know, opportunities, but, but uh, you know... I have found whenever you get in and do the work together mm-hmm. and give people grace when when the work doesn't get done and help them to understand, you know, the vast majority of the time, uh, you know, people come to work and they want mm-hmm. to do well. Right. And they and when equipped with the resources to do so, resources being time, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth, um, then they do it well. And when they don't, you know, we all fail sometimes. And Absolutely. it's also empowering to, as the leader, to ask for help mm-hmm. and to seek help, to seek ideas. Because, I, you know, being the principal, being the assistant principal of a grade level, you're, you're a leader, but does that mean you have all the answers? Absolutely not. Uh, things happen on a daily basis that allow us opportunities to grow and I just, for me, it's exhilarating to to hear others' ideas about challenges that exist and ideas to overcome them mm-hmm. yeah. because life is full of them. Absolutely. So here's one from a guy that I respect and admire probably more than any. Uh, my dad, uh, he's been gone for almost 20 years now. Uh, he died when I was 20, which means, my goodness, I'm almost 40. Wow. Um, I'm glad I'm not old like you. Yeah, no really. Kidding. But uh, the, uh, he he said this, and he embodied this, and he lived this uh, in many ways. But I'll, uh, I'll get y'all's take on it before I, I share mine. But my dad, Bob Bailey, used to say, never give a hand or a dollar you expect to get back. I love that, number one. And we've talked about it the whole time we've been talking about quotes. And... What your dad says is saying to me is, we're here to serve. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be served. And, and I can so relate to that so, so deeply uh, with my father, who, who's still with, with us, thank God. Uh, and he's been a deacon for nearly 40 years in the church, and that's what he was about. Not to draw attention away from that awesome quote, Mr. Bailey had, but it just reeks mm-hmm. service to me. Yeah. And that's that. Say, let me hear that again. I just want to hear it again. Never give a hand or a dollar you expect to get back. Yeah, that's that's special. Mm-hmm. That's some great advice. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Uh, and it, it's a beautiful thing that uh, that you're celebrating your dad's uh, legacy by by sharing that quote. I love it. Um, and you know, I think about you know lending that hand. Uh, is speaking to the the willingness to give yourself in service, 
Uh, and then, of course, the, the dollar, uh, give in of your resources. And that, that could be uh, money, obviously, the dollar, but it could also be time um, sure. and your energy uh, and your passion um, and giving that away without the expectation of it being returned. And, uh, and then you said the word that, that really resonated outside the quote that you just said, Chris, was uh, embody. And, uh, and it just keeps on going back to that idea of, you know, the words are beautiful, uh, they're powerful, they're meaningful, but without that embodiment, without that actual right. model for it, that's what makes it so powerful. You're exactly right. And, and he, he would say that to me, uh, you know, off the, off the cuff, but, but he lived that, right? There, there was rarely a time in our house, I'm the youngest of six, and uh, we, we, I grew up with a big family, and there was rarely a time where there wasn't, uh, you know, a vagrant sleeping on the couch. Or, uh, you Dude, know. I think we grew up in the same house. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. You were one of the vagrants, I believe. No, <laughs> no. But I'm the last of six. Keep going. Yeah. There's but, some uh, parallels here. I'm it's sure kind of scary. <laughs> I'm mostly scared. But um, anyway, you know, and uh, the other thing that uh, – that I'll share is, you know, we, sh- we, we grew up in a very, very modest, uh, home. I, some would even say, uh, a poor, uh, home. Um, and looking back, I, I see that and I realize that, but I would have never known that, um, because, uh, you know, because of who my dad was and, and how he gave so, um, selflessly, um, to everyone he came in contact with. And oftentimes, probably most of the time, um, in sacrifice of himself and, mm-hmm. and his, uh, his betterment, um, to give to others. Um, you know, so, uh, that, that certainly is meaningful to me and, and something that I try to, to do every day in honor of him. Struck a chord, dude. Your dad sounds like my dad. God He's a pretty good soul. guy. Yeah. yeah. But, awesome. uh, I mean, and the other thing is, it's just that, like you said, that total service, orientation is is phenomenal we've got we've got another quote here from brother mark yeah so i i want us to know we're winding this down um and so i i want to uh share a a quote uh, that i think will uh kind of reach out with what is what it is that we're trying to achieve as a as a podcasting crew this is from jfk john f kennedy uh and his quote here says leadership and learning are indispensable to each other what do you think gentlemen leadership and learning are indispensable to each other and I think that that so perfectly uh, I guess summarizes I think pretty much what we've all said I mean we're we're constantly learning uh, if I'm a leader and I'm not learning I'm not leading mm-hmm. uh, so I can I can certainly relate to that absolutely uh, in terms of modeling and you know it's just a consistent and persistent desire to know more one of the quotes that uh, came up earlier uh, was relative to the pace uh, Dewey's quote and, and the change uh, but yeah it, they're, they're, they're certainly intertwined there's there's no disconnecting the two of those to me yeah it's the it's the idea of learning by doing right um, I, I've learned so much from you guys doing this podcast uh, to share out with others in kind of a leadership capacity, uh, but I certainly have learned uh, learned more in research for my own words and sharing with you guys and having the conversation around this table on and off the microphone. 
um, probably more than any uh, listener has. And, and so uh, when, we, when we get into the trenches and, and we, we do the work, um, oftentimes uh, we, we become better uh, teachers, better facilitators, better leaders uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's become pretty popular these days to describe ourselves as lead, learner, lead learners, you know, and uh, uh, if we uh, if we don't have a a real passion for learning, and I think about this as a as a teacher, uh, a principal, any educator at any any level uh, or even a parent, frankly, if you don't have a passion for learning, it's really hard to develop that passion in whoever you're trying to lead. Uh, their learning path as well. So uh, I think that that really bubbles up and, um, you know, sharing what it is that you're learning at all times in a variety of ways and, and connecting with people. Uh, that is that is the, what, the way we lead. I mean, I think that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And for one last famous quote, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate very much y'all joining us. Uh, certainly want to hear from you. Uh, you can contact us via Twitter at Mark McCord 10, at Sticks Bailey, or at Dr. Underscore Jake LeBlanc. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We certainly thank you for joining us. Hope you have an awesome, awesome evening.